0: welcome
1: hi Antonio Moderator. Moderator.
0: Let's see who kind of friends we got in the room what's going on Roman. right hello hello welcome give us a few moments as we let some people walk
2: on in the room Rishi you doing good I'm doing well I'm excited to have this conversation today about seeking and finding on the spiritual path. I think it's something that so many of us struggle with. And so it'd be nice to really go into it today. So looking forward to it. Awesome.
0: Um, Absolutely excited. Thank you guys for coming out. Give us another minute. What's going on, David and Ravi? And... um, you know we got some some new people to the clubhouse some old friends and if you do um, throughout the conversation you know hear something that you think you might be able to contribute in some way or have a question um, feel free to raise your hand as we as we move around the room what's going on David and um, and just so in case you haven't been to a room before this is the spirit lounge I'm here with rishi he is a monk in the states um, a little bit in a little bit i'm going to link a class that he is opening up um intro to yogic philosophy uh, and if you feel compelled or you want to hear some more what's going on the you can follow that link in just a moment i will put it up um and here at the Spirit Lounge tonight, you know, we're going to jump into seeking versus finding. These rooms do got replays, so if there's a moment you want to restudy or go back, I know I really enjoyed over the weekend listening to some of the previous rooms. Um, I think it's a great feature. You could check out the Spirit Lounge, you could follow that. Um, as I said, we got Rishi here. My name is Antonio, and, uh, and we're going to dive into it. So. This is a pretty big topic. We've run this room a few times before. Um, and, you know, it has to do with this idea of seeking versus finding. Seeking is, is we have a goal in mind. We have something that we want to find. If I was in the woods, I might be seeking a certain berry. You know, everything I'm looking for is that berry. But finding is kind of the opposite where you just say, I, I'm just going to see whatever's there. Maybe you found something that you didn't expect. Um, so these two seem like opposites, but there's a lot of in-between and as the combo grows, we, you know, hopefully we'll dissect some of these ideas and see maybe there's benefits to having both. Benefits to having an amount of seeking versus finding. Um, and also this relates, you know, in the art world, I think it was Salvador Dali said, I do not seek, I find. Um, meaning that like inspiration is coming to somebody as opposed to always knowing beforehand. So. We're gonna jump into it um, as usual in the Spirit Lounge. I want to dial it back a little bit to some of the core principles that we follow, and and talk about them in a way that we can build up the conversation pretty organically and see what happens. So, Rishi, you know, I always do love asking you first and getting into some of these core concepts because you're always dropping golden nuggets on us, and I love it. Uh, so, on this topic, you know, seeking versus finding, I guess we can dial it back to souls gaining experiences in the first place. uh, Seeking an experience is something that we know we want versus finding an experience. But what about just experiences in general? And so my question for you, um, if you wouldn't mind kicking us off, would be why exactly do souls have experiences why are souls you know visiting and we've spoken about this now the rooms visiting the dualistic world to have experiences in the first place and maybe if we understand that a bit we can um we can evolve this combo so Riju, what what is your stand
2: thank you Antonio you know a lot of times firstly hi Casey hi Karen also hi David nice to see all of you here you know when we're looking at this from a spiritual perspective there's many many conversations that are had about what is the soul doing here in this world in the first place what is the point of this existence why are we here so in certain abrahamic lenses it's sort of looked at as you know we've come here we've done something wrong uh we've let's use the word sinned, and therefore we are um, struggling, we're working through to once again attain that heaven, or that eternal heaven that that many people speak about. But from a Vedic perspective, from an Eastern philosophical perspective, it's stated that the soul, it's not that the soul did anything wrong, it's that the soul just longs to have experiences it longs to grow more and more in its understanding of love. So whatever term you want to use for the divine, whether you want to call it God or Brahmin or many other terms, one of the simplest ways to define the divine is love. And the quality that love has is that it's ever growing. It's eternal. It's constantly expanding. So we'll never fully grasp love because the moment we think we've understand it, it grows even more and more and more and more. And so when the soul comes into this material world, it longs to experience a facet of love that it has not had that experience of when it's not in this world. And so a lot of times we speak about duality, right? So to understand the light fully, we must also understand the darkness. And so in that same understanding, we can say to fully understand love, we must also experience love from all sides. And a beautiful experience of love when we enter into this material world is a experience of longing as well, right? When you are away from the beloved for a certain period of time, let's say you're in New York and they're in California and you don't see each other for a year and you come back together again, that intensity of love is even stronger. So when the soul comes into this world, it longs to experience love more intensely and more fully. And one of the best ways that that can happen is to experience duality. So for a moment in time, the soul experiences duality. It forgets its true nature. It forgets its eternal self. It is, identifies itself as Antonio or Rishi or David or Casey or Karen. And it just experiences this world of duality and all that it has to offer.
0: Hmm. Thank you, Rishi. And <clears throat> I think that's a very good, uh, good way to build up because, you know, we and we've discussed this before as well, this idea of, Getting rid of our understanding of completeness or, or fullness, as we spoke about before, in order to have a unique, personalized experience here, um, where we, we may forget that we are ultra connected, because if we always were, then we can't really focus on on getting this experience, um, you know, in the, du- in the dualistic world. So I, I want to ask you on that note, you know, with gaining these experiences, is it the case that that there are certain kind of things that we do want to experience or that the soul maybe has a few throughout a lifetime of like really critical let's say um experiences or or, or ways to feel this kind of intense love or get to the bottom of a really heavy emotion you know are there particular things and certain experiences that we're meant to have in the physical
2: so when the soul comes into this me- let's call it the material reality, material reality. What happens is that it longs to experience every facet of the material world. And this is the mistake that many people make is that they look at this world and they they think that some of it is good and some of it is bad. Some of it is divine and some of it is, is not divine. But in reality, everything is the divine the king is divine, the beggar on the street is divine, killing is divine, saving someone's life is divine. There's not a single act that can take place in this material world, which is not divine, but we perceive it as good and bad because we have willingly taken on an identification, an ego that makes us constantly judge. And as you rightfully said, For us to have these specific experiences in this world, we have to, for a moment in time, forget who we are. So the soul that is inside of our body has not forgotten. It's constantly watching, it's constantly reflecting, it's constantly experiencing. But for a moment in time, it's sort of in a haze. And this ego or this mind is the one interacting with the world. And this ego or mind makes us think that something is good and something is bad. It gives us this moral compass of good and bad, right and wrong. But in reality, beyond the mind, everything is a divine. Everything is coming from that one source. That's important to to understand. So when the soul comes into this world, it longs to experience everything. It longs to be the villain, and it longs to be the hero. It longs to be the damsel in distress, and it longs to be the princess or the prince that comes and swipes the princess off her feet. It longs to be the beggar and the king, the killer and the one being killed. So it longs to have every experience in this world, and it will take multiple lives again and again and again till all of these experiences are fulfilled. Because do you think it is possible in one life to have all the array of experiences that this world has to offer? No, right? You'd have to come back multiple times. And so in that way, the soul will continuously come back till it's had its fill of the material reality. And then afterwards, when it has had this fill, then it will start to look to realize its true nature again. So there's a beautiful story of a king during Buddha's time. And this king was the biggest hedonist. He would have hundreds of women around all the time. He would eat the most best food in the world. He would drink alcohol all of the time. Anything he ever wanted, he would have. It said that when he would walk up the stairs, there would be no ledges. There would just be a line of naked women that would make up the ledge and he would use them to walk up the stairs. So he was very, very hedonistic. And one day Buddha was with his disciples and they were all sitting around. And the king comes to Buddha and says, Buddha, I want to be your disciple, I want to become a monk, I want to give up everything. And all of the disciples are shocked. They're thinking to themselves, how could this be? This king is the, he's the one that is enjoying the material world the most. How is it possible that he wants to now give up all of these things? And they were all shocked and they went to Buddha and Buddha said, I'm not surprised. I was actually waiting for this. This was meant to happen. Because what happens is that when the ego, after life, after life, after life, has experienced everything, it hits a wall. There is nothing more to this world for the ego to experience. It knows that it can't go any further. That's when the soul inside that is in a daze starts to awaken and starts to guide the mind, and the body towards the spiritual path. And so in the same way, we're like this king. After for many, 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 many lives of sense gratification, the ego has hit that wall, and the soul starts to awaken, and we start to look for that eternal happiness that we cannot find in this world. But till then, every soul longs to experience everything that this material world has to offer
0: Mm, thank you rishi and and this actually i want to dive a little deeper into this because it reminded me of of another analogy that we've used in the lounge about a play and if you were a really if you're a professional actor or an actress that might be something similar to what you just described to want to play all the roles to want to be this character to want to be the pretend like you're the beggar you know pretend like you're the the um whoever's gonna do the righteous act in the in the play. But in the end of the day, you have a skill, we might have a skill as an actor or an actress, and it is the desire to kind of fulfill these roles, um, are these experiences. Are, are, do you think Rishi that, you know, is that kind of, is that is that kind of true? That the soul is like a great actor and wants to get inside of each of these roles and feel it in an intimate way and like play, and find out what entails that one role.
2: Exactly, exactly. That's a great way to put it. The soul takes on these roles and deeply, deeply goes into it. The problem, of course, is when we deeply identify with the role and we forget that we're the actor. That's the issue that most of us have in this life. But if we can always understand that we are the actor playing a role this world actually becomes deeply enjoyable. Many of the spiritual paths teach us that we must deny this world. This world is unreal. This world is suffering. It is when you identify with your specific role and you are in spiritual ignorance. But when that light awakens in you, you continue to play the role, but you do it from a space of bliss or ananda. So as long as you have spiritual ignorance, unfortunately, you cannot halfway through the place say, you know what? I'm good, guys. I don't want to do this anymore. No, you're forced to carry it out, right? You're forced to play it. You're forced to read it. Even if you like it or not, they're going to make you read the script and play it out. But the moment you understand that you're an actor, this world actually becomes deeply enjoyable. There's a certain bliss because we realize that this world is nothing other than a play. It's nothing other than the divine. So that is the issue, is that, that, that small spiritual ignorance that stops us from having that divine experience. And like, a, as you said, as a actor, after you play all of these roles, there comes a time when you retire right? You, you're done playing these roles, you're, you're done, you've gone into them. And at this point, you say, Okay, I'm done. And it's the same with the soul. After many, 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 many lives. It starts to say, Okay, I'm done with my experience of this material world, I choose to once again, realize who I truly am, I choose to once again, realize my eternal nature.
0: Rishi, I really like the point that you made um, <clears throat> about you know, diving into each of these roles and. And hold on, I'm trying to get get around to it. Um, you know, when we get into each of the role we see inside of the role, we may see good or bad. And so having this detachedness or, or not so much attaching um, you know, going through with the role as opposed to critiquing it like, oh, I'm in a bad, I'm a bad living a bad life. I'm doing these evil things. Um, I really like that idea you mentioned about having a detached connection with the role to allow it to flow, to get the genuine experience. And and that is this, the point when we can look at bad things in our lives, you know and be like, okay, that's all right, it's part of the play, I have to do this, it's part of my experience. You know, do you think there's a, um, this value of, of detaching from the roles, but still committing to playing it? I wanna get into that, but I do wanna ask you this question for, yeah, if you want to chime in on that, and then
2: I, I have another follow-up. You went off there, Antonio, but that's, that's actually a good good spot right there because I wanted to share a small story on that on what you said. Um, It's about fully playing the role, but also being detached. And there was this once uh, a really great monk, and he would go around, and and he didn't have any possessions. All he had was a mirror. So he'd constantly look at the mirror, right? Everywhere he'd go, he'd look at the mirror. He'd look at it, look at himself, and put the mirror away and so everybody would see him and they think oh who, who is this monk he's so worried about how he looks about about um how he's dressed he's constantly looking in the mirror and he goes to a temple and the priest looks at him and in the temple he's looking at the mirror and the priest said, you know he says no, this this he's not a yogi he's not a monk you know he's fully in the world so he goes to the monk and he says hey you call yourself a yogi, but you're constantly looking at yourself in the mirror. Why, why do you keep doing this? And, they, and the yogi says, you know, every time I have a problem, I look at the mirror, I look at my face, and I say, you are the cause of this problem. And every time I have a solution, I look at the mirror, and I say, you are the cause of this solution. So whenever there's a problem, you are the cause of the problem. Whenever there's a solution, you are the cause of the solution. And so what the story tells us is be detached, but understand that you have been given a role. Everything that you do in this role matters. Everything obviously from a transcendental perspective is beautiful and this and that, but as long as you're in this world, and as long as you have a role to play, you make those decisions. You are the one that chooses if you're going to be in suffering. You are the one that chooses if you're going to be in peace. Those things are up to you as to what happens in your life.
0: Beautiful, Rishi. Um, thank you for that. And I think that's a really awesome story to be able to look at something as simple as as ourselves and say, you're the cause and the solution. And I want to ask you one more question before getting over to some of our friends up on the stage. And I do want to thank everybody for coming out. This is the spirit lounge. You've been listening to Rishi. He's a monk in the States. If you know some friends, um, you know, that want to be in this room or could, could use some of this uh, information that's being shared, then feel free to ping them in. And we are going to get to Casey, Karen, and David up on the stage, but Rishi, I got another question. And, and then, you know, we broken down kind of why we may be wanting to get these experiences as a soul, ways to look at them in a way that we're not so attached. And I guess to the to get to the topic of the night, you know, seeking versus finding. Um, I want to ask: is is these things that we have to experience or that we would like to experience or the soul is meant to experience? Do we actively always seek them out? Do we always know what they are and go to find them? Or are some things kind of coming to us from the unknown out of left field? Are there experiences, perhaps that we don't even know yet that it's part of our um, role or part of the play that we're going to be in, and and that, that we may find it out later on in life?
2: Everything in this life is coming from left field, Antonio. Tomorrow you can wake up and be hit by a bus. You have no control over that. Um, so, you know, progressing in our, in our talk, we've sort of identified that the soul comes here to take on these various identities and is to experience everything that this world has to offer right? Everything, being a king, being a pauper, being a queen, being this, being the killer, being the killed, all of these things the soul wants to experience. So in this particular life that you've been given, there are a certain set of experiences that you're meant to have. And this this is based on your karma, which is a bit more complicated. And you know, as, as the link above shows, I'll be doing an introduction to yogic philosophy, which is a Zoom course where we talk about karma and dharma and all these things in much more detail. So if you want to know more, I would definitely recommend um, signing up. I think it's a really, really nice class that we can do together. But long story short, it's you have certain experiences that you're meant to have in this world. And no matter how far or how hard you try to run away from them, those experiences are going to come to you. You can look at it as almost like a wave. Imagine a very strong wave. No matter how hard you try to swim against the current, that wave is going to overtake you. So in that way, in this world, we sort of classify three different duties that come to you as a human. You have three different duties. So the first duty, we call this term Dharma, the highest in the first Dharma is that you're always constantly looking to be of service in this world. That's your true nature is to always be in service to the divine. So you're inside of you are constantly looking to serve this world because you know that this world is coming from the divine. So this is called your Swadharma. So my antonio rishi david casey karen sergio we all have the same swadharma as humans we all have the same swadharma which is to be of service to others that being said we also have something called a life dharma a life dharma is something that each one of us specifically are born to experience so our qualities our attributes How we are designed is to prepare us for that particular life dharma that this world is going to present itself to us. So for example, my life dharma is to be a monk. So I've stepped into my life dharma. Antonio's life dharma, who knows? It could be to be an architect, it could be to be something else. Casey's life dharma could be to be a watchmaker or to be something else. Who knows? So we don't really know when we step into our life Dharma. It's more of a feeling inside of us when that Dharma presents itself, you know, like, ah, this is my life Dharma. And for me, I did not even have that as a monk. Although I've been a monk for over nine, 10 years now, that feeling only came actually a year and a half ago. When I came to New York city, that's when I knew like, Oh wow, I've stepped into my life dharma. So that is that thing that you are meant to do in this world. And then you have something called day-to-day dharma. So your day-to-day dharma are the things that um, you do on a day-to-day basis, right? So for some of us, it could be to be a brother, a father, a sister, a mother, an architect, a watchmaker, a motivational speaker, whatever it might be. And so these are your life dharmas and your life dharmas are constantly changing. You could have multiple life dharmas at the same time. You can be an architect and a brother. You can be an architect and a father. Two dharmas all happening at the same time. So your life dharmas are, sorry, your day-to-day dharmas is fluctuating and you could have multiple day-to-day dharmas at any given moment. So your swadharma is to be in service. We all have the same dharma. Our life dharma is that specific duty that we've been born to do in this world. All of ours is different. And then we have day-to-day dharmas which are all of the different activities and things that we do on a regular basis. Now it's said that the day-to-day dharmas are not so important. Uh, they come and go. The way that I would look at it is imagine you are a cow that is tied to a 10-foot rope. So your day-to-day dharmas is the amount of freedom that you have within that 10 feet, right? You can go left, you can go right, it's not a big deal. But you can't go beyond the 10 feet. So beyond the 10 feet is your life dharma. You can't escape that dharma, whatever that might be. And so the whole point of life is that we try our best to do our day-to-day dharmas. We try our best to step into them and we prepare ourselves for when that life dharma comes. And when it comes, we fully step into that role and do it to the best of our ability. But we'll never know when that life dharma comes. We won't even know if you're in the life dharma. At some point, there will be an awakening that will say, yes, it is your life dharma. But till then, you'll have no idea. You'll just continue doing what you need to do do those three uh, dharmas, um, I hope they're not confused. No, I think I think that is a really
0: awesome way to break it down. And it kind of has to do with, you know, I look at it in scales as well, like the day-to-day dharma is what leads us to our life dharma. And when we have developed and grown strong in the life dharma, we get to that swa dharma, which we're all heading towards the same one. And so I guess, the, you know, you kind of, uh getting us to the point that there is a balance between seeking and finding seeking is maybe when we're focused on the day-to-day the things we have to do every day i gotta set some goals just to go to work i gotta i gotta actually make a goal of making a certain money to to pay my rent so they're very real physical um you know day-to-day things i might have to do but that doesn't necessarily help me on my spiritual progress, which is maybe closer towards my life dharma, like heading into well, what am I really contributing to the world, or what am you know, what kind of experiences am I supposed to gain? So, hand's yeah, it's a really good way to break that down, Rishi. Um, and and did you have some you want to add on to that? Because if not, I think I want to ask some of the mods a question about. That.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to hearing from the mods as well. Uh, one thing I would just say is that. It's important to understand that um, there's a beautiful verse in the Gita that says, it's better to do one's duty imperfectly than to do the duty of another perfectly. For the duty of another is filled with danger. So what does that mean? A lot of the times when we have our life day-to-day dharmas that we've been given, we try and escape them. We try and go away from them. And so it's really important that we try and learn what we can from those experiences because those experiences are what we will what will prepare us for that life dharma when it comes to us and so in this way when we talk about this topic of seeking versus finding and in the lens of the dharmas if we were to look at it what is seeking and what is finding so when we understand that our life dharmas is something that is going to come to us it's no matter how hard we try it's going to come to us there is no free will in that sense there is only destiny when it comes to life dharma but what we can choose to do what we can choose to seek is how can we do whatever we've been given now in the best way so when we seek it's not about seeking to change our external predicament but it is about seeking to change our internal understanding of our external dharma so a lot of times when that seeking arises internally to know more that's when the spiritual path is triggered that is when the teacher comes into your life that is when things start to change so the seeking is something that should be done internally rather than something externally, because what happens externally, it is in some way already predetermined in terms of what you're going to experience in this life. So I just wanted to um, kind of bring that to a full close.
0: Absolutely beautiful, Rishi. And, and we had brought this idea up before about seeking Um, joy in the external world seeking these things thinking that when I get to this that and this I'm gonna be happier when I'm in this situation life is just gonna be great now so uh, thank you very much for bringing that up that the seeking is is a way for us to improve our understanding and appreciation for that day-to-day activity that we're doing beautiful beautiful point. I do want to get to some of our friends up on stage and you know I'll ask you guys a trick question about seeking and finding. Have there and, and we could just start with David. You know, are there any experiences that you'd like to share or or if you you know if you don't want to share experience you have a question but maybe some experiences or things in life that have kind of come to you without looking maybe it came out of left field you're surprised and it became part of your life and maybe it benefited you or or maybe some things in the opposite you know it's pretty open ended and david we got you up on stage we'd like to hear from you the mic's all yours
3: hey thanks antonio rishi good to see you guys again um yeah super um (laughs) interesting topics to say the least and um Reishi, I feel like, you know, all the stuff you said, I, I mean, how many lifetimes do we have to unpack and process all that, you know? <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, so I kind of have to force myself to, to pick one track and, you know, kind of see how the conversation unfolds. Um, maybe a comment and a question, uh, you, you know, it's um, sometimes I kind of feel like, you know, there's a part inside of us that always knows the answer. So asking a question is sort of a, pseudo act in a sense uh you know because you know for the creator and and the creation then we're sort of asking a question to herself in a sense you know so so much of it seems so paradoxical or at a minimum counterintuitive and yet here we are exploring and sort of playing in a sense from a, a cosmic game of hide and seek so um i think one of my first comments is um,
4: you,
3: you know, like what does this spiritual path look like? You know, we talk about seeking and finding, um, and then the word "verses" is pretty interesting, right? You know, because it kind of put pits seeking against finding, um, but perhaps they're you know two two sides of the same coin, or maybe kind of the same thing in a sense, right? When you seek, you find, and when you find, you seek in a sense. So, um, so what does that look like on the spiritual path? um i love the work of dr david r hawkins the book letting go is i think a an absolute watershed and seminal book in terms of uh, movement along the spiritual path a lot of times i try to distill things down to what what is it to um seek what what is it to seek truth what is it to seek trust what is it to seek divinity and source and so on what is that process? You know, cause it's, it's, it's one thing I'm sure of, it's not a destination. It's a process. Um, I think when I, when I speak of Hawkins work, it's letting go so much of it's, um, you could say surrender, letting go. I, I absolutely love. Um, and, and that can be applied in every moment, even right now, letting go of, you know, any kind of results, letting go of even the need to be understood, letting go of, uh, needing to understand even, you know, Rishi, as you speak, I, I you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard not to sort of over-rotate on mentation and to, th- well, is, is this what he really said? Is this, what about this? What about that? And, you know, here's this question and here's this answer and so on and so on. <laughs> and so you kind of let go of that also. And so it seems like um, in terms of sort of a process-centric view of the spiritual path, of the seeking and the finding it seems like the letting go process, the letting go energy, seems to be a core part of uh, the spiritual path. So I'm kind of curious, from your perspective, Rishi and and, and Tony as well, and others, uh, what does that look like? How does the letting go energy perspective interface with the seeking and the finding? Is that something that um, is a core part of uh, the journey here? Is, is it just sort of a you know a handful of syllables that sounds cute but perhaps doesn't really amount to much or is it you know sort of take a position of primacy in in, in of the spiritual path so uh so th- those are sort of my comments there um some insights and perspectives um inside of the letting go paradigm i i always think of trust what can i trust what can i um uh lean into you know because everything is here to serve us whether it's you know pain or rishi you mentioned a couple of good examples of you know even things that seem to be terrible on the surface can we trust that they are there to serve us and to teach us and to um is it there to be honored um so so trust is a part of letting go from my view uh but but that's just you know that's one data point that's one view and so i'd love to hear from the moderators and from the, the folks in the audience, um, you know, what, what does progress along the spiritual path look like? And, and how does that integrate or interface with the idea or concept or act of letting go? My name's David. Thank you for having me. I'm.
2: Thanks, David. That was some um, really nice insights. I think you've Brought up a very good question. And it comes down to a word that we use called desire. So, desire in itself is not bad, but what we desire for is what makes the difference. So, on the spiritual path, it said that we should not necessarily desire for material gains. So, we shouldn't look to gain things of the world to satisfy our ego but what we should desire for is spiritual wealth, spiritual knowledge. And so it's not about not seeking or not making any effort at all, but it's about which way you turn when you are making that effort. Are you turning towards the material world or are you turning towards the spiritual world? And for me, you know, this is where it really this is where we start to get into this concept of free will. It becomes a bit murky. But there is a spark that awakens inside of you. That spark is not something that you necessarily um, created, right? And I'm speaking from my own experience. I was an investment banker before I became a monk. And I wouldn't say that I was seeking spiritual knowledge. It was just a A series of events and circumstances that happened that awakened this desire to go deeper into the spiritual path. And so that initial awakening was not something that I was seeking. It was something that I found per se that awakened inside of me. Now it's said that every one of us to lesser or higher levels of intensity have this awakening happen but it is also up to us as to how much effort we make to stoke that fire because a lot of times when it awakens we start to become fearful or we start to put it away because if we start to stoke that fire what happens to us what happens to our life what happens to our relationships right because everything will start to change Um, it won't be the same and a part of you recognizes that and it starts to say no 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 this is not for me not in this life not now and you suppress it so in that way i would say that initial awakening is not something that you are seeking but you stumble upon through Whatever means, which remains a mystery to the mind. Why it awakens, when it awakens, you'll never know. It's a mystery. You can't even think about it from a logical perspective. But how much you stoke it, somehow there, I have to say, you have to have some um, desire to stoke it, some desire to continue to seek what lies deeper. So it's almost like you find a treasure map, but then you seek the treasure, right? So you stumble upon a treasure map, but then it is up to you to make the effort to use the map to find the treasure. So that's how I would look at life. It's a combination of both. So it is that stumbling upon and then a desire for spiritual growth. So I hope that made sense.
0: Mm, Beautiful question, David, and thank you Rishi for that map example. And and I think, David, you know, something you brought up about letting go um, on this same note of having a balance of sometimes we are seeking, but sometimes these greater things come to us. For me in my life, my experience was kind of in stages and in each of the stage, I was dedicated and devoted to that stage. But then when a door opened up and said, okay, it's time to move on. You know, in high school, I was in culinary arts and I'm a chef. And, and my, every single thing I thought of in the world was, I'm going to have a kitchen. I'm going to be a chef. So I was dedicated to that map that I was reading, trying to find that treasure and there was nothing else I wanted to do. I think before that, my only other goal in life was to be six foot tall. And that was like, my only goal was just, I'm going to be six foot tall. Then I was like, okay, now I'm going to be a chef and and i we went into one um you know there was a, a class in my high school and they're trying to show us different professions and all this kind of stuff and and then i i just totally freak accident went to a book and i looked at the person behind me i said whatever this flips to i'm going to flip this book open and whatever it lands on that's what i'm going to be and i flipped the book and it landed on architect and I had not even known anything about architect before that moment. And that was this critical point that you, your question reminded me of letting go. That at that moment, I let go of, oh, I want to be a chef. Oh, I want to have a kitchen. Oh, I want to do this, that and this. All of that kind of faded away it, it, by itself in a way in my experience faded from my mind. And I was like, there is a new stage that i am that the doors are opening up to me that reality is kind of leading me towards and and i think I, it, like a plant you know and it grows the petal and then it has to shed some of the some of its petals to continue to grow more and i think these stages are good points of us to let go and if i had perhaps tried to pursue culinary longer maybe i wouldn't have found the world of design which opened up my mind in so many aspects so i think i think that's a really good um question is how you know the weighing of these two things seeking versus finding and Rishi to your point I do agree now it's more of a balance whereas before I was so about finding I was like whatever life brings me I'm not even gonna make any plans actually and that and that's also not the you know best way to go about it so thank thank you David and thank you Rishi Um Casey you know we got you up here always a pleasure hearing from oh yeah David
3: you want to add something in I was just clapping my mic. I'm not sure if anyone still did that on Clubhouse. <laughs> you know, oh
0: yeah, clap away.
3: Heck yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I just clapping away, man. You know, so I, I mean, well, since you caught me, um, I, I just a quick comment. And I'll yield the mic. Is this uh, Rishi? What you had said is this. Um, you know, this idea of like, okay, you get to a point where you sort of choose to to seek. You, you know, like you, you're presented with a choice, like okay do you just sort of um continue on with the status quo or or do you choose to seek do you diverge onto the path of seeking um i think of the the matrix right the movie the which is so profoundly spiritual when you look into it the thing that's the most profound is the moment when neo the chosen one saw the tattoo of the rabbit and said i am going to go down this i am going to pursue i am going to seek because I sense that there is something other than my current reality. There is something else um, of a higher consciousness or higher reality to um, to seek after, and and so so you know we see all the the glitz and glamour of you know the production thereafter. But that's the most profound moment. Is there was a choice when you can go back to just working on the computer, going to your corporate job, and so on, or you will choose to pursue a uh, alternate path that will challenge the reality that you currently know for some other reality, which is very much uncertain. Um, Yet you will trust and you will let go and you will seek and you may find. And so, um, you know, that that to me was the ultimate moment. And and the rest, of course, um, you know, everyone sort of knows. So uh so anyway that's what came up for me rishi thank you antonio um this is david again i'll yield the mic
0: oh absolutely david and and that is we had a room on the matrix and it got so deep that we had to save it for another time because beautiful point that you brought up these kind of openings into our into these next stages and we have to make that choice like hey do i want to follow this or do i just want to maintain the status do i want to stay where i'm at beautiful addition, David. Casey, um, you know, we got you up on stage, and, and I want to ask you about experiences that maybe you've, that have come to you without you knowing, and, and has it benefited you in any way, or even about
5: seeking, or if you had a Yeah,
6: thank you, Antonio and Rishi. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think when we're on the topic of seeking versus finding, I think finding kind of automatically um, implies that you were searching for it. Because if you get something that you weren't really searching for you and say you found it, you just say, oh, I received this. Um, and I have thought a lot about like the idea of, of seeking versus searching. Because I feel like we're all throughout our entire life, we're always searching for one thing or another. Um, and we're like, I want money or I want this or I want that and you know sometimes we get it but we find even though we are searching for it it wasn't what we were seeking like maybe we wanted money because we're scared of poverty and we're scared of you know going through that again or um, you know you're searching for a partner because you're scared of being alone but what you're really seeking is uh, unconditional love, and I feel like there's this dichotomy between what our you know, and Rishi, you were kind of talking about this, um, like what the soul wants and the different experiences and different things that we go through in life that we're seeking for, and then the things that we're searching for. So I I think innately, it's just our soul is always seeking, but our mind is always searching. And if you're seeking something, but you're not letting your mind do it, and you're not letting your mind kind of try to turn it into an action and turn it into a a chasing, turning it into a pursuit, um, I think that's when uh, things in our outside life start to change again and start um, start to reflect what we're really really searching for inside and what we're really really seeking so that's my share and thank you guys for having
2: thank you casey that was a beautiful share and you know just to echo you're absolutely right i think there has to be this feeling of letting go and letting whatever comes come but at the same time inside always having that intention to want to know who we are that fire should still be burning because if that fire is not burning, then it becomes very difficult to grow spiritually regardless of what happens around you. So when we talk about the the map um, analogy, you stumble upon the map and then you use it to find the treasure. But that treasure that you find is not something that is external because your effort does not change externally what is meant for you that's not going to change but you're going to learn to accept and enjoy whatever comes with a more peaceful heart and that's the greatest treasure that you can have right it's not that the role will be rewritten or the script will be rewritten but you'll just start to enjoy that role you've been given in a much more meaningful way so in that way you're right we shouldn't seek or we should let go of trying to to do something externally and let it come, but always still stoke that fire within to want to uh, to grow spiritually. So it's like finding that combination between the two is, is very important. So thank you for
1: hmm.
0: thank you very much, Casey, and um, and thank you, Rishi, for that addition. Karen we got you up here always a pleasure hearing from you you know have there been any experiences in your life where you received things um, that you maybe hadn't expected or or your experience about searching um we'd love to
5: hear from you. yeah that pretty much sounds like my whole life <laughs> um i think i was born with questions and i kept asking the adults my questions and they would give me their answers and they didn't feel right, so I just kept looking, and I, I, would, I would go down many, many paths, and every time I got to a point in the path where somebody said, this is the way, this is the only way, you have to do it this way, I would turn and, and, and walk away. Um, so after many years of, of seeking, um, I've gotten to the point where I don't seek so much anymore, and I feel like something is seeking me And it's part of my, it's part of my service. So I don't have to look anymore. All I have to do is be open, be aware, and have enough space in my life that whatever, whatever I'm being called to do shows up and I can just do it today. It was a funny thing today. I just, it's an example that pops into my mind. Um, I had to call my vet to book a couple of um, vaccinations for my dogs and, and, you know, things are really critical here right now in terms of enough, having enough people and trying to make appointments and people not wanting to get sick. And the woman who answered the phone, she said to me, uh, do you mind waiting or is this an emergency? And I said, no, 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 I, I don't mind, I'm, I'm happy to wait. So when she finally came back and uh, she booked the appointments for my dogs and then I said to her, I said, wow, I said I said something like, um, it'll be really interesting, it's really interesting to compare what we used to complain about to what we complain about now. And and she kind of laughed and she said, yeah. She said, I'm really going through a big change. She said, I'm learning so much, I'm learning to be grateful for little things. And I thought, oh, what a beautiful thing to learn in, in this time of COVID when everything is falling apart, you know and and i said to her yeah i said it's really important to learn the difference between problems and inconveniences i said i have a great little story i said i'll print it out and bring it in when i when i come in and she stopped and she said oh she said i really need that story she said is there any way you could send it to me and she said i'll give you my personal email and that's like just something that you know you don't normally do when you're calling to businesses and and it was just like, I thought, okay, this is why I'm talking to this young woman because she needs to read this story. And and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful story. It's a true story. Um, and then that was that. And then, so then I got a call from a friend of mine in Norway that I haven't talked to. And she wanted to talk about her daughter and, and the struggles that her daughter's going through. And, and all I said was, you know, to encourage her to listen to herself, not all the people outside her, listen to herself. I said, we all need to do that. And, um, As I was waiting, I looked up a couple of, I had this amazing collection of quotes that I've been collecting for so many years. It's amazing, I can't even find anything anymore. But um, there was a couple of quotes in here from Krishnamurti. And he says, the more you know yourself, the more clarity there is. Self-knowledge has no end. You don't come to an achievement. You don't come to a conclusion. It is an endless river. Happiness is strange. It comes when you are not seeking it. When you are not making an effort to be happy, then unexpectedly, mysteriously, happiness is there, born of purity, of a loveliness of being. And the last one is, it is truth that liberates, not your effort to be free. And so it doesn't mean we shouldn't make any effort because it's that effort that leads us to the truth. But is it is when we find that, that un, unnameable truth that we feel in the depths of our being, that's what liberates us. Anyway, that's my opinion. <laughs> Based on a very strange life. Thank you so much, Rishi and Antonio and everybody else for sharing. Thank you.
0: And I really, I really love that those every quote you got is always pretty nice. And I think this idea of, you know, we've had other rooms about forcing versus flowing, and I think it kind of ties in with this, you know, we may be um, seeking as in we're trying to force an outcome onto onto the world or into our lives, um, as opposed to being open, like you said in the phone call, it was a delay perhaps in your day, but you were open to it. There was a kind of flow that happened and then and what do you know? You could have forced and said, no, it's an emergency. I need this now. But having that openness to let life kind of unfold and then then find these unexpected joys and unexpected moments, I think that's a very, very beautiful contribution. Thank you, Karen. Um, And thank you, everybody, for coming out. Again, this is the Spirit Lounge. We got Rishi up on stage. He's a monk in the States. I've linked up his introduction to yogic philosophies. You can check that out feel so compelled. Um, If you want to head over to the spirit lounge, we're going to have another room hopefully on Saturday. Uh, If not, you'll find out when it's going to be at the lounge. My name is Antonio. We've been hearing from a lot of good friends. We're talking about seeking versus finding and we got Sergio up on stage. And I want to ask you this, you know, have there been moments in your life where things kind of came out of left field or maybe you were seeking for something and and found something instead or, or, you know, maybe just a question you have, Sergio, the mic is all your
1: well, hello everyone. It's been—I have no idea how many months since I've opened this application, and I just happened to stumble upon you guys, um, which is great. And it's one of those things I found, which I wasn't really seeking for. <laughs> Maybe my soul was seeking being able to have uh, meaningful and listen to meaningful conversations, um, like the ones that we're having tonight. And in terms of this this topic of seeking versus finding, um, I there's a, a lot of things that have been said that are very asserted and very, they're very aligned with a lot of the experiences that I lived throughout my life. And one of them that David mentioned, um, that kind of ringed a bell for me is the fact that we have a choice at some point in our life to continue seeking, um, certain things or just specifically the spiritual path. I, I was raised by parents that are, um, they call themselves a spiritual, but they're more of a of a religious um, um background. Lots of doctrine, lots of dogma, and um. Among all of that, I do consider them to be people of of uh of a spiritual um intelligence to a level of a spiritual intelligence in their own right, and they have also the ability to understand psychological behavior of human beings and all these kinds of stuff. So I was raised with a lot of uh, understanding of human behavior and trying to understand relationships and trying trying to come to a place of knowledge and wisdom of how we should treat each other. So even though the path that I was offered in in midst of Christianity and a lot of the fear mongering that has been um, introduced into the world, from Christianity, it leads a way for me to make a choice of continue seeking a spiritual practice, regardless of the way that I that I see, look for it. Right. So I, I give myself the opportunity to to continue seeking for a spiritual practice um, and not necessarily following what they expect to be a spiritual path um and one of the things that i i remember um rishi said to me when we were on one of our walks in new york here in new york is that there's one truth but there's many ways to get to it and seeking that has allowed me to and it has given me permission, and this is something that I, I had always that I had in my mind already, and an understanding. But those plain words kind of went up. it pushed me a little bit further, and is being able to give yourself the permission to continue seeking through for the spiritual in uh, for a spiritual life, and not necessarily saying that you found the the right answer of how things should be because there's so many paths to that um and as a personal example of what of seeking and finding for myself i recently stumbled um upon a job offering a month ago i actually two to three months ago i decided to start job hunting for an architectural job in the corporate world and i wrote on my journal Exactly what I wanted, the kind of people that I wanted, the environment that I wanted, the projects that we would be working on. And I kind of mentalized myself to be able to receive these things that I that I was seeking. And when I actually went looking for this, uh, it found me. I found myself interviewing the company instead of me, them interviewing me which gives me which gave me a a higher more favorable um what would you call it they wanted me more than i wanted them <laughs> so um it's it's really interesting when we start thinking about the the possibility of just allowing things to come to you through a a, a way of being very clear of uh what you are seeking for Um, So it'll find you even though you're seeking for it. But for me, it it has in many occasions happened to be that I am 100% clear of what I want and those things come to me. Um, So yeah, it's it's a very interesting um, dilemma between the two and if for lack of a better word. And I guess this is my, my, my experience for now and the, what I'd like to um, add into the conversation. And thank you, Antonio and Rishi. It's great being here.
0: Thank you, Sergio. And and wow, I actually have a, a similar experience I want to share on. But you did bring up a point, which I think is important for others to also hear is, is sometimes, you know, you were introduced to, let's say, a certain kind of spirituality, and, and being able to go back at another point in your life and say, this didn't represent all of the spirituality. This is just one aspect. I can still pursue that in another way, kind of, uh, you know, whereas sometimes we may have like PTSD and not even want to look at it at all. So I think that's a really good point that we may go down a certain route and then seek something perhaps and find out, okay, I wasn't on the completely wrong route. I just needed to shift over a little bit. I was parallel to this road. And and I really like what you brought up about, you know, employment. And and yeah, there is jobs, you know, jobs in the physical world. And we're talking about spiritual topics. But I had a similar experience where I was searching, searching, searching for jobs. I was seeking, seeking. And all I could think about, I need to get it. I need to pay the rent. I need to get these jobs. And And there was a moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to just Keep going to the wood shop. I'm gonna keep working on some projects I got. I'm gonna work on me. I'm gonna be on the Spirit Lounge as much as I can. I'm gonna do those kind of things. I'm not just gonna keep beating myself up when I find this. And then what happens? One week after, I'm like totally blissed out. Two job offers come in. Three more people email me want to have an interview. One person gave me a whole offer, but I wanted to work with somebody else because they had better work. And then I was able to negotiate. Um, an experience that i had never had of having more than one before it was like take what i get and so it really flipped my mind that when i was full when i when i didn't desire so much um to have any particular outcome i was then able to choose and had a liberty in in letting things find me and i really like you know i really like that point that you brought up that things will come to us when we reach that good space so thank you for that sergio um, yeah, Rishi, do you want
2: to add into that? No, I just want to say hi to Sergio. It's been quite some time since we've connected, and hopefully, um, I'll be in New York City in the next uh, coming months, and we'll definitely do some home chantings together and go for some walks. and so It's nice. It's nice connecting with you again.
1: Likewise, Rishi, it's always a pleasure, and and your chantings in the mornings are um, something that I, I every time I get a chance to do it, I. I'm there because it's, it's been such a, a practice that has brought a lot of peace into my life. So I thank you for that. And I actually wanted to add, <laughs> um, it just freed my mind. Never mind. I can't remember what it
0: Thank you, Sergio, um, and I'll come back. You know, you'll get there. Ravi, we got you up on stage. I wanted to ask you a similar experience, if you'd like to share something of a, of a moment that something's come to you that you didn't expect and maybe it benefited you or not. Maybe you seeked after something and, and end up finding a good result. We'd like to hear what you have to say.
4: Yeah, thank you and hello, everyone. I think it's been a while. Uh, it's been a enriching conversation, I must say. But I think... Uh, we uh, we always live in duality, uh, seeking and finding. Of course, seeking is, is very interesting. But what my experience is that uh, uh, the time that I have spent in seeking uh, in the whole lifetime has been very, very, very fractional, although that has been the most interesting part. So that's the dichotomy in this. Although you love to do that more, but you spend the least time. Uh, but having said that uh, i think there are a few points which made uh, today on um, on your on your life experiences on swadharma life dharma and day to day activities um, but what i what i what i see is uh, uh, i think uh, most of the time i am i'm kind of uh, uh, the, the 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 soul uh, if it is here to experience every bit of uh, every bit of thing and I believe that every soul is doing that. And uh, to, to start with uh, the five elements of nature is within me, and it is helping me to stay alive, to experience. So constantly, I'm in a state of uh, gratefulness uh, and, and, and constant state of gratitude uh, to, to, to these five elements to start with, and maybe a few more souls which is helping me to, uh, to experience all the things in life. But having said that, uh, uh while we are here uh, to experience everything uh one question which comes to my mind is that uh, can't we not experience everything in this life um, uh, if 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 not why not is one question that i have um, if if we have to then what is that uh, one one probably needs needs to do uh, the second question uh, that that probably uh, uh, that that i have is that uh, uh, if uh, we are here to do something, I think which is what uh, every soul in this uh, in this is is, is is destined to do. Maybe some have uh, senses, some don't. Uh, but I think everyone is helping each other. Uh, would would one ever know that uh, what you are meant to be here, what you are here to experience, if not how to do it? Um, uh, parallelly, even if you know it, uh, the day-to-day dharma that is also is is important. You always get tangled in that, and uh, that's where the mind comes in, and and you never want to move away from it. So both are important. In fact, the day-to-day is also a part of your of, of your own dharma. It's a part of your divine, which you need to do at the same time. That's not helping you to move towards what you are expected to do. So there is there is constant tussle, which goes on within your mind. How to deal with that is the second question that I have. Uh, but yes, I think on the whole, uh, it, it's the search. the Seek is always, uh, always a fantastic journey, which I'm always on to. And and uh, I must say, I'm I'm truly blessed uh, to spend time uh, on this path because uh, I think I'm, I, the divine is blessed enough uh, me not to think of this material and, and and this day-to-day affairs of what is there I need to do. So so yeah, that's that's what I need to share. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Ravi. You know, to have all of the experiences of this material world in one life, it's generally understood that that cannot happen. It's almost like if you were playing uh, Romeo and Juliet and you say, I want to play both Juliet and Romeo in the same play at the same time. It's not possible. So in that way, in one life, you will have a certain experience, but you'll come back and have another experience. But to complicate it further, understand that you are the eternal soul. And time in itself, is just a linear concept that we're putting on the spiritual path. I would say that you're having all experiences at the same time in this particular moment, but your mind will not be able to comprehend that because your mind is a function of this material world. You're not gonna be able to picture something eternal. And so we use this linear time frame to talk about these very lofty concepts. But in some way, you could almost say that every experience that you've ever had and will ever have, you are experiencing it right here in this moment. But for the purposes of having these conversations, we try and make it linear. And from a linear perspective, you will have to take multiple lives to have multiple experiences And therefore, there's this concept of reincarnation and coming birth after birth to have these experiences. So uh, that's what I'll say about that for now. But as I said, it's much more complicated uh, when we remove the linear aspect of time. And the second question that you had, um, can you please repeat the second question again? again?
4: Now, how do we deal... Uh, yes, I, uh, so, so therefore, through others' experience, can we still experience every, everything? Of course, maybe not. That's what you said. My second question was, uh, you're in a dilemma between your day-to-day, what uh, you are expected to do, and your life, Dharma, what you are supposed to do in this life, for the help of others, for the benefit of the rest of the souls in this world. So, so uh, so both, so you can't live it. Both has to exist in, in, in at the same time uh and uh, and you are not able to do that because uh, because you need to do the day to day as well activities which which you claim and also what you are meant to if you even okay. if you realize it first of all when how do you realize it what what you're meant for even if you realize it uh, uh, you're not in, you're not in a position to come out of, of what you're doing as a day to day
2: uh dharma that you can call it i see so the thing is your life dharma you'll never know. You could be doing your life dharma right now. So that, that life dharma, for me, I was a month for eight years before I knew inside of me that it was actually my life dharma. It's something that awakens over time, but you could be doing your life dharma in this very moment. So you, it's not that you are... So in that way, you, you shouldn't worry about if you're doing your life dharma, if you're not, if you're just doing your day-to-day dharma, when your life dharma is going to come. All of these things you shouldn't worry about because they're not in your hands. It will unfold the way that it will have to unfold. The only thing that you have control over now is how do you do whatever you've been given in the best way possible so you can be of service, right? So service is not external. You can be of service being a mother or a father by taking care of your child. That doesn't have to be your life Dharma, but you can still do your service. You can do it being a dentist by uh, showing love to every patient that comes. So you don't have to wait for your life dharma to start to serve. You can do it in this very moment. And whatever your life dharma is, if it is what you are doing now, if it's something in the future, that is sort of irrelevant. You don't have control over that. The one thing that you have control over is, how do I do whatever I've been given now in a way that I can serve the most people? And how do I get closer and closer to realizing my true nature in my everyday task? And of course, you can do that through the three things that we always talk about. And I think that's a good way to wrap it up, Antonio, for for today is community, which is Sangha, Sadhana, which is service, and Karen, what was the third one? Do you remember? I'm putting her on the spot. If <laughs> she's there.
5: Wait, I'm sorry, I was, I was doing something else and listening. One more time.
2: So the three, uh, the three things that we can do to uh, maximize our Dharma in this particular moment is uh, community. Sangha. Spiritual practice sadhana and then the last one
5: service seva. yeah perfect <laughs>
2: <laughs> i put i put you on the spot sorry <laughs> so yeah I so i'd leave it at that thank Beautiful. you
0: thank you rishi and thank you ravi for those questions and care as well you know rishi you just a little thing um that you reminded me of and, and ravi you brought up a good point about we don't have to get to all of the experiences. And I think when I was younger, I felt like I needed everything. I was insatiable. I wanted to get this experience, that experience. And it reminded me, you know, you say in the play, you can't be Romeo and Juliet. And there's an old cartoon where Bugs Bunny was playing baseball. And um, he actually did do all the roles. So he was the pitcher and the catcher. And then he was the batter. And he was so the (laughs) the narrator in the car. And it's kind of a joke because it can't happen. He's like first base Bugs Bunny, second base Bugs Bunny, third base Bugs Bunny, and he's a whole team of Bugs Bunnies um, playing against himself. But in reality, that's we can't do that, and we you know can lower our um, expectations and enjoy the one role that we do have, which is which is us. So thank you, Robbie, for bringing that up. Thank you, Rishi and everybody else that's been up on stage. Um, I do want to say thank you, everybody, for coming out. We Got some friends down there in the speaker's lounge. If you had a question or had something you know you want to bring up and we didn't get to you, feel free to come over to the next room, bring it up. Um, also, you know, take your time replaying this if, if you um, have missed it or if you feel like anybody else would like to hear some of this good contributions that we've had tonight, feel free. Uh, also, as well, again, Rishi is is starting up an introduction to yogic philosophy course. I'm just going to dive a little bit deeper into some of these concepts. Um, so feel free to hit up that link. You can head over to the Spirit Lounge page. We'll ne- let you know when we got the next room. My name is Antonio, and um, and Rishi. You know, just wanted to see if you had any more final thoughts to head us out. We jumped all over with with seeking versus finding. Why is the soul even getting certain kind of experiences? There there is even these levels of of um experiences or goals in life, as we discussed with the dharma's, the day to day, the life dharma, and the ultimate dharma, being of service. Um, and then also heard a lot of good experiences from people in in how they got pushed and moved around and were open to it, letting go. So a lot of good topics got brought up and Rishi, just want to let you have a final word if there was any thoughts that you had um, as we sail on out.
2: Thank you, Antonio. Um, It was a lovely conversation. You know, There was a a saint that was giving a a discourse on um, spirituality and he was talking and talking and talking, and there was a full room, and he was going on for two, three, four hours. As he talked more and more, people started to leave the room more and more and more and more. And then at some point after hours, there's only one man. And the saint was talking and he finished and he looked at the man, he said, wow, super nice that you stayed the whole time. You know, I'm really happy that you stayed. Tell me, what did you learn from this? And he said, oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I actually have no idea what you're talking about. I was just waiting for you to be finished because you're sitting on my blanket. And I just wanted to take my blanket when you're done. <laughs> uh, so in that way, I want to say thank you to all of you who are waiting for that blanket to be uh, taken back. and." Um, have a wonderful new year. And when we speak again, it'll be 2022. So uh, much love and and talk soon. Take care. Thank you, Rishi. And thank you, everybody for coming
1: out. We will see you on the flip side.